Ho, 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 and happy holidays. What up, what up, what up? You are watching the Charles Coleman Podcast. You already know what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to our year in review. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know what we do. I'm on the couch with two of my favorite dream teamers to my left. Of course, you already know her and love her. The boss of 593 Washington, the professional winner. She's winning in the new year like she was winning this year, cheating if it's required. Gloria Sherubin is in the building. What up, G? How are you? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Love the colors looking festive. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is how you end in 2023? I'm I'm bringing in the bright lights, baby. Bringing them in. Bringing them in. I love to see it. And then, of course, to my right, (laughs) understated but never underrated, Mr. Six Shooter himself, smooth as cashmere in the building. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. With a steady hand. How you feeling, man? I'm well. I'm well. As the year is closing out, you feeling good? Feeling awesome. Super excited about next year. Oh, really? What what, what got you excited about? You will. Oh, I pay attention. I'll just pay attention. Pay attention. Don't watch me, watch TV. Holler. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, you making sign, you getting checks without telling us. You know, thanks to the good brother, you know, things are different next year. (laughs) Well, when you meet the when you when when you see the good brother, tell him I said what up. You know what I mean? Looking for him. I'm looking for a good brother. She's looking for a good She, she knows his brother. She knows him? Yeah. She made the introduction. She introduced me to him. Oh, that's oh. what's up. Oh, okay. I got you now. Thank well, you. Why you introduce me? I'm just saying, you know, my relationship with Kurt is different than my relationship with you. So you got, you know, got get your weight up, baby. Damn. My slow motion, slow motion, baby. Slow motion. Everybody take it easy. Take it easy. That's some real pimp shit. <laughs> My relationship with this one is different from my relationship. Don't, wor- don't, don't worry, worry about, about what's going on over here. You just do your job. Right, no. That's what you essentially said to me. I mean, technically, that's what I wanted you to receive. <sighs> All right, so we're going to get into what some of the biggest stories were this year, uh, biggest conversations around culture, around news, around just stuff that we were watching, talking about. This year has been so long, so I felt like it would be great for us to unwind. I want to start with one that, like... <laughs> for whatever reason, had our community in a chokehold, you can't go to Cheesecake. I, I, you know, on a date. I, I, I didn't necessarily love this story, but it became a thing. Like, I don't really want to debate the Cheesecake thing. Like, I'm not here for that. But this issue... It became such a huge thing. You got videos and TikToks and memes of the top like 15 things you can't do on a date. Your thoughts on how this whole thing exploded across community this year? For me, it went from comedy to like a real thing, yeah. like quick. And I'm like, how did it spin out of control so fast? Like what? What took place? Was it the feelings behind it? Mm. Was it the caliber of people who were standing on it? Was was that it? Like, was it the representation? Like, what made it get crazy? I, you, <laughs> yeah, you, you, know, you asked man. me. Yeah, you saw it. Explode. I mean, nah. You know what's crazy? Like, I'm sitting here listening, right? And I'm remembering because we remember we talked about this briefly, right, 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 um, on a on one of our episodes and. Now, in hindsight, as the year comes to a close, thinking about it, I'm thinking about it in a very different way. Okay. Okay. Now, what we're not going to do is unpack the cheesecake thing. No, no, no. We, we did that. We we <coughs> talked about it, and we all the emotions around it. It definitely. But that's just as you were speaking. I said, now what I never considered was 
how well marketed this could have been for TikTok, for Cheesecake Factory. And let's for a moment consider the media empire that exists in propaganda and the way in which we exploit social media and content information, right? And the way in which that whole narrative did spark a tremendous amount of energy in our community. But you and I both know that the idea that any one entity will have their brand name and logo consistently, repeatedly, time and time again, talked up, mm. posted, reposted, mm. gone viral. Oh. The question I'm sitting here is how much cheesecake did they sell this year? But you think, so you- Now, wait, I'm just saying, like, let's just think about, before I get we get into the minutia of the emotion that it conjured- Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, you think, so you're kind of saying any press is good press. I'm saying that Cheesecake Factory could have engineered this whole thing. Mm. Mm, that would be brilliant in this day and age in terms of manipulating- just think about it. Like, machine. at the end of the day, that's the machine. The machine is machining these days, and- that is really the high-level puppeteer. I will. I know how to galvanize this particular community. I know the top. I know the Don't hot buttons. Don't take me to blue smoke on a first date. Watch this. There we go. We are <laughs> gonna flip it on him the other way. You know right. what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, let's just posit it that way. And you know, now, now, as when the fizzle and the emotions have died, and then we think about it, like, damn. Like, I just need to see what their numbers look like at the end of the year. Like, mm. did they pop this year? Of course they but, did. Oh, exactly. Like, I can tell you personally, I went to Cheesecake Factory this year, not on a date, because I got a, I'm not even gonna tell you, I'm just gonna just say that the spot that I'm at, the mall that I go to, that was to a charge the whip, that was a thing. Right. Is, Oh, where you, where you charge and your car? And it happens right. to be within you, close proximity. Did you, did you, Chill, that's oh, why on, I didn't on, even want to do it. Because I on. knew you was going to. Hold on. I need y'all to really slow down and hear what happened. Did you catch the flex? Oh, yeah. She said, the more where I go to charge, to charge yeah. the whip. She got one of them joints. She's letting you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm EV I'm just, queen. I was trying to. I, I, I love it though. Not, I was, but I was trying to explain why. I love that for you. I appreciate you, brother. I love I that for you. I appreciate you seeing that. I love that me. for you. It just so happened to be. But, right, right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm just saying, like, it resonates on that level. You know what I'm saying? Like, and like, I could talk about whether we should be taken there or not in the whole franchise. We did that talk, but I'm just saying, like, damn, right she now, I, I don't want to. I don't want to give them out. no more. Let I'm it just out. like, I need a kickback. Let it I out. I just figured it out, like, damn. So, I just, so that that just you know I, I think it, it was it, <laughs> I always struggle with these things mm -hmm. because we have these moments like this one that go viral in our community and they become like they take on a life of their own right. and I'm always feeling like we have other stuff we could talk about we do and I and I get the fact that people want to release they want something that's you know light. not so heavy mm -hmm. it's light mm -hmm. so I, I accept that but. When you got into the emotion of it, is where I was like, that's when it started to just get really dragged, right? Because it became, like I said, it had us in a chokehold on social media. Okay. I'm talking about you would see it on your phone, then it was debates when you went, then it was like real things, and then even to the point where my man told me his, you know, he was having a conversation with his girl, and they got into it, mm. and they've been dating for years, like going to cheesecake mm. a bunch of times, mm. so. That was just a weird thing culturally why I just felt like it just took on this real interesting life. Well, let's, let's think about, like, 
Apart from us being on different sides of this conversation, right? As yeah. a, you know, from a female to male perspective and from, yeah. from a franchise to no franchise, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, don't take me to, you know. You're going to eat wherever we go <laughs> and you're going to like it. How about that? How about that? How about that? So what I'm, what I'm saying is that. What right? I'm saying is <laughs> you're going to eat wherever we go and you're going to like it. All right. Okay. Okay, cool. So the next story we're going to talk about, <laughs> migrants in cities have become a big, big conversation because, as you know, in border states like Texas, and I can't even, Florida's not a border state, but in border states like Texas, and other Republican governors, I don't want to necessarily make this a partisan thing, but it's something that we're seeing. They continue to ship migrants to sanctuary cities or cities that are welcoming to migrants. We have now started to see the effects of that because in New York City, for example, it's become so overrun that the mayor had to literally cut the budget for other city services, parks and recreations, education being one, um, in drastic ways to sort of make up for the drain on resources that migrants and the influx of migrants have created on our city. We're seeing the same thing in Chicago, and Chicago is particularly unique because what it is is you have a housing population or a housing issue where the unhoused or people who've been waiting for housing have been bumped in terms of their priority for people who are migrants in the city. Um, so I think this migrant conversation is one that not only was big in 2023, but it's gonna be even bigger in 2024. Mm -hmm. We gotta get them out of here. We gotta figure out a way. That's it. Get them out? With some kind of way. Ceasefire on them bringing them in here. We got to slow this down. We, we, can't, we can't support it. It's, it's clear. Especially in cities like New York, where we theoretically, for the rest of the country, we have the bag. If we're suffering with a, with a city with the bag, we got to slow it down. It's, it's clear. The numbers don't lie. How strongly do you feel about it, like, in terms of, like, would this change how you voted in an election? Um, it could. Mm. Being that, you know, it's it's... And it's, it's, it could sound unfair, but the timing of it, it couldn't have been worse, yeah. right? So we are approaching a, an election year, so it's, I wouldn't be mad if it's on the table. And if, if I don't see any clear change, it, it could sway my vote. G? Wow. I mean, I think that the migrant crisis is a big conversation, right? And is one that we need to um, consider responsibly, right? Um, the way in which it's been managed is crazy. Horrible. Right? The mismanagement of it has been insane. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with so many levels of this particular crisis around the way in which things are looking in our communities, the way in which, you know, I, I, I feel like it's a pot that's boiling that's about to bust, okay? Yeah. And forget about the political impacts around, you know, who's voting in which way. You have a lot of people that are already displaced trying to figure out how to sustain existing in a city that is monetizing every aspect of poverty. You add this layer of the migrant crisis on top of that, and now you have created competing uh, agendas mm -hmm. of a community of people that are all under-resourced. Mm -hmm. Now, missing me, missing me completely with this whole idea around our lack of financial access because somehow, I don't know how, I do know how, 
But we find money to do other things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 750, how many? Was it 750 billion, million to... Yeah, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to Oh, okay. That. I don't want to say it. We, it's too early. It. But too I'm early. just saying, like, at the end of the day, the idea that from a nation state standpoint, we're fiscally unsound. Miss me. So I'm not willing to accept, you know, the budget cuts because. I mean, consider, no, 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 no. But think this about it. You had your turn, young. Yeah. But you said some things that might be. Not, I know what you want. You want a notepad so you could take some notes so that you can come back after no, I no, finish no. my thought. No, because you're, you're using words like national and things like that. There's some states that's looking at this like that's a y'all problem. We ain't got nothing to do with I, that. I understand that, but at the end of the day, so what, what if we're I gotta about, pay, I don't give a fuck about those who opinion that's not giving up no bread, right? So that's where my stance is coming from, from someone who's who's in the fight fiscally. Okay, that my so money is being used for something that. Let's understand that mm -hmm. the migrant situation is centered on the idea that they're coming in in another state mm -hmm. whose state has decided, mm -hmm. because we have considered ourselves a sanctuary state, mm -hmm. that they should then put those individuals on the bus and send them to us, mm -hmm. who obviously seemingly have this notion that we are comfortable with the idea, right? Mm -hmm. Now, you know, like, see, I don't want to really go big on all of the thoughts, because I got a lot of things going on in this beautiful brain of mine. Another story, big in 2023, <clears throat> Gonna be big in 2024 and much longer. G, you wanna talk about AI? Wow. Um, yeah, AI is just like getting crazy to me. You know, it's it's insane because it's becoming, I think this year we saw a lot of energy around, you know, what is AI, what's the responsibilities, the accountabilities, all the different ways in which people weigh in on it. And it's interesting, like just in just like me doing probably diving too deep and stuff realizing how far back the conversations like this was happening that we just were not part of. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, dang, it's 2023, or the close of 2023, and the conversations around artificial intelligence have really been digging deep since 2010. Yeah. And I'm just like, where have we been? And why have we not been part of- We were arguing about Cheesecake Factory. Right. No, we wasn't really even then. You know what I'm saying? We were arguing about a lot of other stuff, but Cheesecake Factory wasn't one of them as far back as 2010, but the way in which AI is moving right now, it's kind of like, I don't want to, you know, I'm not, I don't want to be putting out, pushing fear and all that kind of crazy stuff, but it's scary. You know what I'm saying? In terms of what AI can do, the way in which it's going to impact the job market. Like, you know, I got young adults that live with me who, you know, still in undergrad, looking at grad school and just really saying to them, are you considering the way artificial intelligence is going to impact your industry? You know, like you're still in the process of learning and acquiring a degree to master a specific field, but in the schools that you're in, are is AI a part of the curriculum? And if it is, in what ways? And are we concerned that your whole industry may be obsolete in the next decade, contingent on the type of industry you're in and the way in which AI can impact that? You said you like AI. I love AI. So I look at AI, two kind of weird ways, and pardon me for saying weird. Um, I look at it as progression uh, to technology, and I also look at it as for um, the underserved people of our world, I don't wanna say community, it's, it's kind of like a new measuring stick to kind of bring them into the game as well. So. I think perspective is, is, is great when it comes to discussions like this, 
but also it's, it's here and it's going to do what it's going to do regardless as to how we feel about it or whatever. So as advice to others who feel like there are certain trains that kind of pull out the station before they can get there, jump on this one now. Don't worry about the destination. Just get on it and learn as you're riding, you know, kind of a mindset, if that makes any sense. I think that I've learned a lot about the notion of racism and how that element plays a factor, particularly when you're talking about AI and its usage in law enforcement. How if you're using AI and facial recognition, it's already unreliable, but in terms of like how we are identified, it's even more unreliable, which is like super duper scary. But to some extent, to Kurt's point, I think the train has left the station a little bit. Like that, that, that is not coming back, right? And so, you know, and the other thing that is scary for me about it that is gonna be a continuing conversation. There is no pulling the plug on this. It's not like you could just press a button and it stops, right? And so at some point, the discussion is going to become how do we contain this and what do we do about it? But here's the thing, guys. The age of automation is the next sort of natural progression out of the age of information. And let me tell you a secret. Spoiler alert. We've been primed for it. And here's how we've been primed for it. Social media has made us more and more comfortable engaging without actually engaging. So you feel emotionally connected to people. You know, you feel sort of like in community with people. It has taught us how to build community without actually being in community. So that's number one. Number two, when you go places now, we've seen this more and more and more for a number of years. And to your, to your point, G, this is something that has been bugging, my, bugging me out. It always trips me out. I talked about it before. When I go somewhere to the grocery store and I go to the self-checkout and there's like that one person who's teaching you how to use the self-checkout, I'm thinking to myself, do you not know that you are teaching me how to get you out of a job? This is something that we have been primed for. And so when you're talking about what what comes next after the age of information, which is technically where we are now, it's the age of automation where pretty much everything is automated. The question is, and, and I don't think any of us have the answer now, but it is something that's going to be an issue in 2024 and beyond. Is there a way that we sort of are able to slow the evolution of AI that takes into account humanity? Um, Another big story, 2023 going into 2024. Did you realize that this, you know, it wasn't until this year that Donald Trump got indicted. Former President Donald Trump was indicted for the first time in March of 2023. That was the first time he got indicted. He's been indicted indicted several times since then. But for as much as we talk about it, it is a very big story. It's like, it's arguably real talk other than the wars, you know, it's arguably the biggest story of the year because, because history. Former President of the United States of America gets criminally indicted. And this, the fact that we're all sitting here like, yeah, I know we get it, is actually part of the issue. But <laughs> it's 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 really a big story. It's history, like you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a former president. It's never been done before. It probably won't ever again. Hopefully not. It probably won't. Right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, you just sit here unfazed. I know. It, I know. I know. I get it. It's exhausting. I'm tired, you know, we, I'm just tired. I, you know, I really am tapped out 
on any level. I don't have a microcosm of interest at this juncture. You know, they have ex the the level of exhaustion that I have experienced around any narrative around said orange. I don't even want to give it any more power. You know what I'm saying? And the worst part about it, I think that the biggest part of our exhaustion is the fact that we're watching this whole thing play out and we feel hopeless about any real repercussion around what he's going to experience. So at the end of the day, miss a me until all of this fizzles out and y'all come up with some real consequences for the shenanigans we've been experiencing all this time. Because so, God forbid, God forbid, we have been enduring all of this mm -hmm. display and activity and movement for there to be no consequence to his off the chain behavior mm -hmm. all this time says so much about the nation's history. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So much about the nation's ability to hold Orange accountable and people of that thought and narrative and mindset mm -hmm. and really would put us in a space where I'm just like, I don't even know. Like, I'm just ready to just... Nah, we need you. Nah, I know. I'm, I know. Y'all need me, but I just feel like at the end but of the day... But you know what's so crazy? The consequence is going to be re-election. Nah, but that's... But no, no, no. Wait, well, hold on. I'm not even going to be... I'm not even going to talk about that because the fact that... That is still on the table. Right. Like, what are we even talking about? That's why I'm so. That's how we I'm fix done. things. We give you another nah, shot. We don't listen. That's crazy. <laughs> we give you another this shot. This is history in real time, mm -hmm. and as three <coughs> black people mm -hmm. having this conversation. Mm -hmm. Please. Are you about to hit me with the? If you don't vote for me, you're not black. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. That's what sounds like. Yeah. No, no, I'm not even saying yeah. that. I'm just saying, like, at the end of the day, like, we've been and seen this story played. Over and over and over again, like, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's. We I, all know which camera is it. Which camera is it? I'm just saying, God diggity. First, go we got to take our phones off the ceiling and and join you. So instead of having you outside wilding for for what we need to be wilding about, can we get out of Cheesecake Factory and get our phones off the ceiling? Can we do that first? I, I don't really mind the phones on the ceiling. Ah, damn it! I didn't really mind that. I think. I think that was Thought we had an army in the You know what I'm saying? See, this is what I'm saying. Clearly there was now one. we Harriet. shot down. Harriet's gonna be mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Harriet. <laughs> Listen, I gotta, I, you know, I, I'll go back to what you were talking about, G, uh, in the same sort of model around when we were earlier talking about the cheesecake situation. <laughs> back to uh, this shit again. I, I, I'm not gonna debate the merits of what 45 is or who 45 is. I, I do think though. If there's any sort of thing to unpack for us as a society, not even as a community, but as a society, it is this very dangerous space of being exhausted and almost having it normalized. Like, if you woke up tomorrow and someone else told you, yo, he got indicted again, you wouldn't be surprised, you wouldn't be shocked, you probably would not care. It wouldn't even register, you'd be like, all right, so what are we eating for breakfast, right? Like, that would be the thing. And the fact that it has become such a normalized just sort of conversation, this is not normal. Like, none of what we're experiencing is normal. And there is a very delicate balance between, like, the volume of it and being inundated with it where you feel like, all right, I get it. You're so immersed in it. That after a while, it's almost like I forget who said this. Um, 
if you are standing in shit long enough, after a while, you can't smell it anymore. And I think that the country has been proverbially immersed in shit for a very long time. And now we kind of almost don't even appreciate how absurd what we're dealing with is. 50 years of hip hop. 50 years of hip hop. This is a big year, obviously. Kurt, you have had a lot of thoughts. Mm -hmm. What do you got? I think it's kind of corny, the 50 years of hip hop thing. Okay. Um, for a mix. Corny? A little corny, but it's, it's hard to explain because it's kind of like a mixed bag of corniness for me. Um, one being the, the way that is being celebrated. One is one corny way. Two, who now gets to grab the torch and say, hey, we're now celebrating with you. So now they get the attention. Mm. When, I'm, when I say that, I mean the Grammys, right? So they'll say, hey, yeah, this is the 50 years of hip hop. We want to celebrate you guys, but we've ignored you for the previous 49 years. So that's why I say it's a little corny. You sound like Kara's one. Um, I think I want to. I, I, I'm, I wholeheartedly agree with his perspective and how he feels about it. You think so? You think we shouldn't have just shown up at all? Or? I think. Well, yes and no. I think we show up because it is a, a forum that is respected. So by showing up, it kind of gives some some level of validation to what we're screaming and say. Hey, watch us about, but. In that, though, I think it somehow compromises the integrity of what we are, if that makes any sense. I, 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 got, I, I have thoughts. I definitely have thoughts, but I want to let G respond while I sort of organize what I'm, you know. Um, I hate starting off stating with um, 50 years of hip hop, right? Amazing. We did it, right? We, we survived, we created this art form, and we have, you know, impacted every industry under the sun of God with this art form. Obvious reasons to celebrate. 50th is huge. Um, this year, honestly, coming into it, I didn't anticipate what and how we would kind of like, what that would look like. So now at the end, really kind of reflecting, the year seems so long. Like so much I feel like has happened in terms of activity around the 50th anniversary when I specifically think about that. And being a person that kind of has the ability to have experienced the spans of that time period, it's like, wow, you know what I'm saying? Like, we really had a time this year. Like, we really celebrated the 50th anniversary in a number of different ways, whether, you know, through these, you know, concerts, seeing artists that we haven't seen in forever perform, you know, just the litany of ways in which, you know, documentaries, all different ways in which it was interpreted and presented. As a person, I feel very full just in terms of experiential in what we were able to engage in over this year. And when I'm forced to reflect about it right now, I'm just like, oh my God, it was so much. I think there's obviously 50 years, mm -hmm. a lot to unpack, right? Like there's so much to celebrate. Never before has an industry ever created access lanes to build wealth for black people in America like hip hop has. No other industry. Mm -hmm. Whether you even even if you want to talk about the industries that came out of hip hop, like urban fashion and things of that nature, nothing has created more opportunities for Black entrepreneurs than this industry. You could argue that very few industries have taken more from Black artists, and so you know it's this really love hate relationship that uh, that has allowed for you know a lot of Black people to get wealthy, mm -hmm. you know, and rich, mm -hmm. you know what I mean. But then it's also sort of siphoned off 
a lot from that community as well. So that's a mixed bag. Uh, I think that I would have loved to see, and G, you mentioned this, um, CEO had mentioned this earlier. I would have loved to see all of the elements of hip hop more widely acknowledged and celebrated. There were some sort of things that we saw around DJing and DJ culture that could have been bigger. Breakdancing was almost totally overlooked right. all, the entire year. Art. And graffiti art was like not at all really discussed. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it was just kind of like, let me tack this on. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the amount of deep dive that we saw just into rap music, the other tenants around hip hop weren't as celebrated. And I thought that was an unfortunate miss. It becomes difficult because we went from zero to 50. So you waited until the mm. 50th year to want to do this, which is why I say it gets corny because it's like, all right, cool. Because to me, what it feels like the 50 years of hip hop feels like hip hop is dying. Like, like we're at hip hop's funeral, not the celebration, mm. right? Because the time is still, like we, we discussed the pioneers, the earlier artists, right? We all will agree we don't necessarily want to see them, right? So what are we saying? Nah, we ain't all agree that, bro. We did. No, don't say we. Speak for yourself. Well, there's some people who really some, want to see retired rappers, right? You know, but it might be but think about it. We're 50 years in, so hey, you know, Melly Mel Excuse still me? can take his shirt off. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, there's a market for retired Broken rappers. Broken glass <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. You know what I'm saying? So again, right? right? So when we, even if we use the term retired rappers, right? There's some who came out in '98, 25 oh, years later, that are Theoretically retired. Stone Cold Dead, right? So do they Stone Cold. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So do we now look at them as what? You know what I'm saying? Like they, they need a name too. How about this? Biggie and Pac. How do they fall in this? Do we have do we now have to do a memorial now for all the dead rappers now too? In the 50 years of celebrating? Do we did we really address them? No, we didn't. Did we address, you know, we well, always we, we included them. Pretty much as far as the history. But in terms of giving them a, a separate do, Big Al, mm -hmm. Biggie, Park, I mean, Easy Pitsy, E, Easy e. all mean, of them. The list goes on and on. There wasn't a separate subset for like, you know, pour something out for the homies mm -hmm. over here. There wasn't that. Mm -hmm. So when do we, when do, so now do we have to do a, a hip hop morning year? Well, no, I think I think the, because I think, we can sell a lot of tickets on on, on dead rappers. I mean, I, you know, hey, uh, the merch will be bananas. It was Kiss himself who said, "You know, dead rappers get better promotion." I think um, that's, I, I that's, say that's no. the artificial intelligence. Uh, the Coachella that we're yeah, gonna do. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna do a live performance of all of these. We'll bring them back. Well, yeah, they're gonna, cast, they're gonna, yeah. They're gonna vision be back. They're gonna vision cast, cast music. Vision cast music for vision them. Cast you music. know what I'm saying? It's gonna be a whole trade. No, I th I, the reason the reason I say no to that is because. Because we don't care. No, no, no. I think it's no, we because don't we don't. If you look at what, put your phone on the ceiling. What's wrong with the phone on the I'm, ceiling, bro? Dude, you don't understand the level of frustration I going why through. Why is that so much on your feet, no, no, no. But to, to be fair, but to be fair, the ALS challenge was equally as frustrating for me as well. That shit was whack. Y'all are bugging out, man. Come on, Glow. We've been here the whole fifty. Let, let's let's keep it all the way tall. They they playing themselves with this to shit. Your, to your question, to your question, this shit is crazy. I think that the idea is we're celebrating, in addition to the culture of hip hop, we're also celebrating the spirit of hip hop and what's been curated with the spirit of hip hop. And in that way, that's why you include your Pox, your Biggies, your Prodigies, nah. your Big L's, your Pimp C. That's why you don't separate them because their spirit is still a part of the spirit of hip hop. But you just think the whole shit was gimmicky. 
Yes. It's not one thing you experienced that you felt was like... No, nothing Nothing felt nothing pure hip-hop. No. Three more big stories we got to hit. Got to, got to, got to hit them. Um, I'll go to it just because we're here. One of the biggest newsmakers this year, uh, Brother Love himself. Um, the Diddy Man. Last year, I think, you know, the biggest story was Donda's son in terms of like his sort of unraveling before our very eyes. And now we see another very huge enigma um, beginning to develop and swell around Sean P. Diddy Combs. Big, big story this year on a number of levels. We had the royalties issue. He had a baby on um, Carisha. That's not here or there, but you know, then obviously the huge allegations where so much has come to light about what, again, I said allegations, you ain't gonna sue us, uh, alleged in the 90s. What are y'all's thoughts on that? What are we allowed to say? Say what you gotta say. I mean, <laughs> you, you don't got any thoughts? I, I mean, you know. Let it run. Money's a great motivator. And not to say that anyone is telling lies or certain stories aren't true or certain allegations don't have any truth to them or things like that. But, you know, I'm, there, were, there were a lot of people in, in the space in the 90s, right? In the, in the beginning of uh, hip hop becoming pop culture. And there were a lot of people who had positions of power that could have or may have done some real weird things in weird spaces, but their career didn't sustain itself from there. And it would, it would I don't want to say feel better, but it would, it, it would be nice to get some allegations for those people too, and not just the ones who, <laughs> who got the paper. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause there was some, you know, so we've all been to some nightclubs in the nineties so where- it's an argument that- <laughs> It's wait, a money wait, grab is it. my argument. But I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to demean anyone who's going through some things. I, I, cash grab to me just seems like the lowest hanging part of the fruit on the tree, right? But the tree itself is corrupt is what I'm saying. It's because of the perfect storm like we stated before, the, the expiration in the law and how it can be interpreted. The people that we're picking to say, well, I don't want to say picking, the people that have been alleged of doing the things. Though everything just seems like a perfect, well-toned piece of bullshit. Does that somehow invalidate or make less true the actual claims themselves? Um, I wouldn't say make less true, but I think without those other pieces you're saying, the validity of it, 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 it now doesn't become a, a topic that we're discussing today on the couch. There's a lot to be said, right? We'll say it. And I understand your position, right? And I understand that there is a money grab. First time. Right, but there's also a level of accountability that we need to have, okay? Um, there's a level of, of reality that we need to embrace about what was happening in the industry in this time. Facts, right. period, point blank, okay? Whether it was acceptable, not acceptable, whether it was quiet, not quiet today, we're talking about it, right? Mm -hmm. At the end of this year, we're saying we have heard a lot about this particular guy and all of his doings, okay? Mm -hmm. And it ain't okay no more. Because at a time, it was okay. Oh, right? so it was okay when no, it happened. No, no, no. I was ever saying, I'm too just late. saying. Too late. Dog. You said there was a time when we it was had this okay. conversation at the very first episode. I it was okay then. What I'm saying is that mm -hmm. in the eyes of the industry, 
in which we're speaking of, this kind of behavior was prolific. People were being violated on a multitude of levels, and it's still happening to this day. And at some point, mm -hmm. it went from being the norm of behavior and the expectation to be considered in these rooms to today mm -hmm. being, oh, uh, we got evidence that this took place, and now I can hold you accountable for the shenanigans. What does this do to Diddy's legacy? His legacy? Yeah. It's over with. This is the legacy now. You think Everything he's worked up Come to on, stop came it. down to, Don't do that. to the 35-page fucking nah, indictment that this girl it. put up. Yeah, it's over. You can't look past nothing. Bro, you still listening to R. Kelly? That's what I was going to ask. You. That's what I was going to ask. Like, if it's an R. Kelly concert tomorrow, I got tickets. You coming? Where's he going to be? At the prison? Nigga, it don't matter. It's, it's me no, going to see R. Kelly. I need my man to be let out. If, if they free, let my man go, out, we out. out. I'm in there. He, front row. Say it's so What's up? as... Opening up with Diddy, and, and I want to see Ryan Leslie and Cassie. I listen, want to see everybody. Every, and I Bring Jimmy Iovine out, everybody. Our community has always and been And guess very... what's going to happen at the after party? What? The same shit they got them fucking put in jail and sued. Voila, ladies and gentlemen. So when did it get Here back? Here we are, the most forgiving community in the world. We love our <laughs> artists. We take them with all their baggage. And we, we, we participate in defeating frenzy on every level. So that's what I'm saying. So is this now we're in a day and age where it's but time to assassinate our greats? Is that what we're doing? Nah, listen, brother. That's a, well, what does it do to his legacy? Nah, there's nah, damage. At the end of the day, there's always potential of damage to the legacy, right? At any given point. Mm -hmm. The question becomes accountability. Accountability. So what does that look like in today? Money? Yeah. Well, listen. Uh, we need to have so how much Cassie is... here on the couch, and she can tell you if she feels... That he's been held accountable? That she's been held accountable. Hold on. Let me be clear. This is a bigger conversation than just Cassie. I was talking about Diddy as a whole because she she's perhaps the most high profile, but there have been a number of allegations that have swirled around him for years, but this is... this. Undoubtedly, as you can see, was one of the biggest stories this year. And I thought it was like a very painful irony that it came into view at the same time that we're talking about hip hop 50th with someone who's such a prolific figure within Yeah, the 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 the, the arena of hip hop. Two big two last stories we gotta touch. Uh if it weren't for the story that's number one, this story um it was huge. I talked about Cheesecake Factory having us in the chokehold. You talked about the, the phones on the ceiling in the chokehold. Nothing had us in the chokehold in 2023. Like every woman that we all know getting on Amazon and buying silver everything to go see Renaissance. The Renaissance phenomenon was one of the biggest stories in 2023. Beyonce, the album... Went from nobody's buying, I'm not buying them tickets, them tickets too expensive. That I looked up starting like Easter weekend, and it seemed like whether it was Amsterdam, France, Spain, uh, anywhere, UK, anywhere they was going and they was going often. G, you went to the show, you saw the movie, walk us through it. Renaissance, was it that big of a thing? Like, I mean, well, clearly it was. Like, why was it that big of a thing? As I'm wearing, a, could I have one to the concert? You absolutely can. I could have fit in. I feel like you were planning this because you wanted to. I'd have walked in for Virgo's groove, heard all seven minutes of it, in 38 seconds, and walked out. Listen, all I can say to you is, 
black women are superheroes. And Beyonce showed up and showed out. And 2023 is owned. And I don't know how this is not the number one. If there's another, I don't know what you could possibly have to say after this. We are, but I'm going to let well, you... Think global. Right. Think global. I got to, you know. No, I'm, I'm thinking global. I'm speaking globally. Oh, and I'm saying fair. that... Very fair. Very from fair. every aspect of what she presented... Black women are superheroes. If the alien tribe arrived right now and said, Take us to your leader? Take us to your leader. Take us to what is the most sustainable being in the world that I would want to be in order to assimilate to this world, I would tell that alien, you need to become a black woman because we have shown up, shown out, and shown as the backbone of everything that exists in this world. And I'm saying that proudly as a black woman. So let that settle in. Your spirit for a minute. Just let it have a moment. Just live in it. Just live in it. And now let me take you through this concert. All I gotta (laughs) say is my girl did it and did it the way it needed to be done and did it in a way that nobody ever has, nobody ever. I don't know, I don't know how or who could come behind her to take this game to a whole other level. Like she is just genius. And her work ethic is beyond anything we've ever seen on a performance level. Everything you said is true, full stop. I also think that the, the one caveat that I have is while I do, I think it's amazing that she has done so many world tours in such a you know, relatively like close amount of time. Like remember that year that X had two number one albums mm-hmm. in the same year, like that's unheard of? Right. Right, like for her to have done as many world tours in the amount of time that she's done them, in and of itself is phenomenal in terms of what it takes, in terms right. of the work ethic and all of that. The one caveat I have is if the industry was in the place that it is now back in the 80s, I think Michael could have done it too. I think because Michael, Michael did Bad, which was a world tour, and he had another world tour, but... There wasn't the type of money and access in the, but from a, I'm saying from a work work ethic standpoint, I think Michael could have done it too. I think that that's the only, the only sort of caveat that I gotta throw is she's unparalleled, right? In terms of anybody who's ever done it, and the only person I can think of who I I really do believe has the work ethic, has the creativity, has the vision to actually compete would have been Mike, but the timing and the industry and the way things move right. didn't allow for that at that time. Right. Uh. Kurt, Renaissance. <laughs> Did you care? Not at all. But shout out to Beyonce and, and the whole Beehive. I appreciate y'all and what y'all do continuously. I give like Glow said, you know, she she's been a beast for a minute. So I don't I don't expect nothing less. I, I also think that like uh we have to be mindful of and put some respect on the name of like when you're talking about a global force, we've talked about how like entertaining wise, and we've talked about humanitarian, but like let's be real, that woman is a force in terms of moving industry and dollar signs. She is an economic force. Indeed. And in no way can we sort of skip over or not acknowledge that. If, if there's any sort of thing that makes this as big a story, it is because you have one woman, a black woman, who literally shifted economies wherever she went globally. And that for me, yes, sing, dance, shake ass, twerk, be a mom, be a hub, be a wife, mm-hmm. all that, fantastic. 
Charles, you, when the allegations come, does she be Diddy record with the settlement time? Go. You think the allegations are coming? When the allegations come, does she be- What, did they work too hard? That's the allegations. They, she made me work too hard. Twenty four hours. She got me out of my comfort number. zone. You think one day is the precedent right nah, now? I think. I, I, you want me to be real about Keep it? Keep it tall. And if, and if, no, and, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. She a couple getting, hours. Hold on. She's not paying nothing. That person's gonna disappear. Ooh. That's all I'm gonna say about that. That's that's how that works. We hear that level. All right. So um, Renaissance wasn't. I have to take a, a moment of seriousness and. and uh, Renaissance wasn't the biggest story this year. It was close. Uh, I'm taking a point of personal privilege here, and um, I want to thank both my contributors for uh, rocking with me. But this one, I gotta, I gotta take my, my on my own because I gotta make sure it's handled right. Um, as we all know, we are in the midst of a generations long conflict in the Middle East between Hamas and Israel. And we know that the conversation has been a spirited one uh, around humanity, around life, around death, around suffering, uh, around history um, for a very, very long time. And now we are in a space where it is intensified. We've seen people lose their lives. We've seen people lose their jobs. We've seen people lose everything connected to them around this from being close to the nexus. Uh, This story continues to dominate and at its core, uh, people want to say it's complicated. People want to say it's challenging. People want to say there's a lot of, you know, there are a lot of layers to it. All of that is true. But in 2024, uh, there is no sort of overarching expectation that the world is going to snap its fingers and heal itself. But at best, what we can hope for is a willingness to understand each other's perspective and not talk past one another, a willingness to really come to the table with good intentions, um, and a willingness to have a respect for the protection of humanity, for the protection of life, uh, and for what all of us value, which is for ourselves, our families, and our communities, and our people to live freely, to exist freely, and to be able to support those around us who we care about. And so with that, um, it is my hope that we can find a space that works and that somehow begins to bend the moral arc toward that of humanity. And this is not about politics. This is not about uh, being politically correct. This is about people. And the very real effect that this conflict has and continued to have uh, over the course of generations now. And hopefully we can reach a place where we begin to somehow figure out a path forward. And so with that, on behalf of the Charles Coleman Podcast, to you and to yours, we wish you a very, very happy holiday and a blessed new year. And we will see you on the other side of 2024. Thank you for rocking with us. See you next week. Thank you.